You're realizing that external validation is a major driver for you. It's what's driven you to sacrifice your well-being through overwork for decades. That expensive purchase? Yeah, it feels like a bomb for, I deserve it, I work so hard. The accolades and the promotions feel so reassuring. The sacrifices have been immense, but these moments of success are all worth it for the validation. Right? There's this story that you tell yourself. Once I get to the next fill in the blank, then for absolutely sure, I'll be able to kick back a bit. I'll be able to relax. Then I'll be successful. I'll need less validation. I will finally feel enough. But here's the thing. In your heart of hearts, you already know that's not true because you've told yourself that before, but it doesn't stop you. It's called the hedonic treadmill for a reason. It's why we can keep going on and on in a career where the joy is long gone. Today, I'm in conversation with Shelley Paxton, ex-chief marketing officer of Harley-Davidson, who got to create for one of the world's most iconic brands and ride motorbikes all around the world. You will also meet Tracy Yates, ex-CEO of an eight-figure marketing agency serving brands like Google, Disney, and Amazon. Neither of these women had a hit a brick wall moment the way that some of my previous guests have. They were both successful, but empty on the inside. So what does it look like to start redefining success decades into an established career? And how do you start weaning yourself off of external validation? Before we find out, welcome to Enough, the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mandy Leto, ex-investment banker turned executive coach. This is a show for anyone whose life looks shiny and impressive on the outside, but inside you're exhausted and wondering, is this all there is? These are the conversations that no one is having, the secret challenges you're having as an overachiever, and almost no one would know. I get it because I've been there too. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I drop us right into the conversation where Shelley shares her realization that the thrill of her sexy longtime career was fading fast. At the peak of my career, I'd spent over a quarter of a century in advertising and marketing. And there I was at the top of the, whatever we call it, the proverbial mountain, right? As chief marketing officer of Harley freaking Davidson, right? This is the, you know, the iconic global brand that people love so much, they tattoo it on their bodies. And here I am on one hand going, holy shit, I get to ride motorcycles around the world and steward this incredible brand that has this legacy that's the universal symbol of freedom and rebellion. And on the other hand, I'm like, why do I feel empty inside? Why do I not feel more fulfilled? I've done all the things. I've ticked all the boxes. I'm standing in this super sexy position. And that was sort of the beginning of like, oh my God, what's going on here? And that was the beginning of my journey. And I can see now in hindsight, a lot of things I couldn't see then. So I think that's super important to say is like, when we are really committed to like, I'm doing the thing and I'm playing the role and I've signed up for the script and all the things that I was doing that I know so many of us do, we don't often see, or maybe more importantly, feel 
what's really happening. And so that emptiness was a constant question. But what I was trying, what I was doing is trying to fill that emptiness with lots of things like with shiny handbags and red bottom shoes and, you know, expensive things in my life. And probably more importantly, the uh, universe and my soul conspired to go, okay, girl, you're not going to listen. Like we've whispered, we've shouted, and now we are going to hit you with the proverbial two by four. And what ended up happening for me is that I had this nightmare. You know about this nightmare. It happened my the entire final year of my time at Harley Davidson. I talk about this in the book. I talk about this in my TEDx talk. And it really was my wake-up call, quite literally, to not to being forced to see what I wasn't willing to see on a conscious level. I was then forced to see it on a subconscious level. And I saw my dog dying, but I thought my dog, my dog in real life had already died six plus years prior to that moment. And here I am going, oh my God, my dog is alive and I keep finding him. And I'm this total monster. He's neglected and malnourished and dying and like, whimpering for my attention and ultimately through some deep work, through some meditation, through seeking help from a doctor, I realized that what I was actually seeing was my soul. It was my own soul that I was wildly disconnected from. And it was whimpering for me to love and listen and connect and nourish it. And that was honestly the biggest wake up for me because I don't know if that nightmare hadn't happened, if I would have just kept plodding along to the point of severe burnout or worse. Author and Harvard lecturer Arthur Brooks writes a column on happiness for The Atlantic, which I really enjoy reading. So in the column I've linked in the show notes, he says that it's hard to get off the treadmill of a conventional and acquisitive success because you can never get enough. Our urge for more is quite powerful, but what he says is even stronger is our resistance to less. We're terrified of what will happen if we stop running on the treadmill. It feels dangerous. Tracy Yates shares how she started acknowledging that it was time to start having some uncomfortable conversations with herself. As an entrepreneur, I've been a serial entrepreneur all my life, really. And I bootstrapped my marketing agency into a multi-million dollar industry working with Fortune 500 brands. So working with the CEOs of Google, working with the CMOs of Google, working with Amazon, working with Visa. And I was successful on the outside in traditional terms, working with celebrities, doing events at the Olympics. And in the agency world, if your listeners don't know, agencies have to pitch for business. And that pitch is not just coming up with a snippet of idea. It's coming with a full-blown creative campaign. Immense work goes into that, designing, planning. And I'd gotten to the place where my agency didn't even have to pitch. Clients would just call and say, we want you to work on this multi-million dollar project. 
So even in the agency world, I had reached sort of this pinnacle, if you will. And my life did look shiny on the outside. I had the house, the vacations. And I realized that every goal that I achieved or conquered just fell flat. It just didn't excite me. It didn't, there was this, never this aha moment of climbing to the mountain and being like, I arrived. So I just kept going. And I got to the place where I didn't even know what my joy was. I didn't even know what lit me up anymore. For several years, I really, in my agency, had this feeling of, this isn't it. I really struggled for several years, to be honest, of, well, what's next? And I realized as well, just this, all this striving, the sleepless nights of trying to keep the business going, the constant business, you know, business development and managing the huge team and just everything that a business owner goes through at that level, it just wasn't sustainable and it wasn't bringing me any joy. And so I did start to try and find my purpose, which I think a lot of people are doing at this time where they're looking for what that next step is in their career or their life. What does it mean for me to even have a life that isn't attached to this identity of CEO? What does that, what does that even mean? I was, you know, for me, I was where I've had my business for 25 years. That was who I was. I had no idea who I was outside of that. I asked Shelly if it was hard for her getting off of the treadmill. 100% because when I left Harley, I left because I realized that, you know, I was 46 when I left Harley. So we're talking about somebody who's deep in her career. And it's even scarier to leave at that point in your career. And... I was asking myself the question, like, will I even make it to 50? If I keep living this way and trying to drink myself to sleep and ignore all these things that are happening and spit polish my armor every single day, will I make it? So I left because of that. I left because I really felt like I owed it to myself to really reconnect with me and my values and my essence. And the biggest question is tied to what you just asked me because when I did leave and I was like, yay, why doesn't everybody do this? And then suddenly I woke up and I was like, oh my God, who the fuck am I? Like really, truly, terrifyingly on the floor in the fetal position asking myself, who am I? Because It hit me so hard that I had no other adult identity than the one that was Shelly Paxton, she who stewards iconic global brands, because I'd spent my whole career 
behind, and I didn't totally understand this at the time, but behind McDonald's and Visa and Intel and AOL and Harley Davidson. I mean, come on. I was full of privilege and good fortune. And then it's like, oh, the silence was deafening. And the confusion about who I am and how I even take a step forward as this like person who has no title. Arthur Brooks, the author, lecturer, and columnist I referred to earlier, says that we use energy acquiring and accumulating status markers, like Shelley's red bottom shoes, and I had them too, and the title that she initially missed. Because we get a dopamine hit in response to thoughts about buying new things and acquiring more money, status, and power. In short, we're wired to feel this way. No wonder it's hard letting go of these things. Tracy hadn't sold her business yet. She was mulling, contemplating, considering her options. She started stepping back and redefining what success meant in this season of her life. I decided this isn't how I want to live my life. This is not what life is supposed to be about. So I made the conscious decision on my own, which took a lot of courage because who am I outside of the CEO of my agency? All my network, everyone I knew, right, that I'd built for over two decades knew me as that person. And it took me on a deep journey of self-discovery of really who I am, what are my values, what, what is joy, and what, what does that mean to me? And I think it was really a redefinition of success. And I started to look at success more as holistic success and not the shiny things in the external. Shelley was in the work of redefining success for herself, too. She took some time out to travel, a major passion of hers. She picked up photography again. And, really importantly, she gave herself a title because she wanted a title. So she called herself the Chief Soul Officer. And she started writing what would become her first book, Soul Badical, A Corporate Rebel's Guide to Finding Your Best Life, linked in the show notes. Shelley is going to give you one of her biggest aha moments as she started finding her way. One of the biggest epiphanies that I had after I left and as I was going through this kind of, you know, who really am I? Really reconnecting with my true identity without all of those other things that external things really that I'd clung to. What became so apparent to me is how much of my life I had lived looking for external validation. I was searching for all of the things outside of me, right? So success, my own my own identity as one of those things, my success script or my definition of success all outside of me. And so what I think what really brought me to my knees and what I still talk a lot about today, and it's at the core of my the recent TEDx talk that I did, is this idea that when did it become normal for us to tolerate this idea of feeling empty? And when does success become this 
thing that's more of an external checklist than an internal check-in. And for me, that led me to this idea that success is a feeling. And why aren't more of us having those conversations and really writing or rewriting our own scripts of success based on how we want to feel? That started to change the game. And I'm not saying this in a way where it's like, oh, I woke up one day and it's like success is a feeling and everything became rainbows and sunrises. Like, absolutely not. But that was a fundamental shift for me when I went, oh, wait a second, success is in here. And I'm pointing to my heart and my soul. And I say often that success isn't a script in your head. It's a story in your soul. Meanwhile, Tracy was doing self-discovery in her way. She didn't outright quit her job. Instead, she started intentionally answering some deep questions. Who am I? What do I really want? What does success feel like for me now, before choosing to sell her business? I started to study different modalities, and I really got this nudge that was follow your curiosity, follow your joy. And at first, I was like, I don't know what my joy is. I don't know how to follow something that I don't know what it, you know, what it, what it is. Right. And I think that, and I say that because I think that equates to many people who are in this state of limbo where they're searching for meaning, they're searching for more fulfilling lives, fulfilling work. And it really is the state of who am I? Who am I? How do I even create what I want next? if I don't even really know who I am. And so that was really the process for me as I was getting ready to sell my business and exit that. I went on this journey of following my curiosity, following what interests me, which is, first of all, which was completely a new way of being. We don't normally just follow what lights us up. We follow what we have to do, what we have to accomplish and get done. And so I was really forced to be in this different way of being. And through that, I actually now know that through all my studies, you know, I was really CEO by day and by night, a student of the universe. And through what I was studying, what I was being taught, I actually was creating my own modality. And I had no idea that's where it was going. And if you had asked me, oh, this is what you're going to be doing now, I would have said, I am not your girl. This is, this is not who I am. So move on. And it was really a very powerful experience because I was discovering who I was I was really transforming myself and getting to the core of my identity. And it had nothing to do with being a CEO or the fancy title or the zeros in my account. And, you know, I think a lot of people 
are leaving their jobs and, and looking for more fulfilling opportunities. But that's, it's almost like that's a Band-Aid approach because leaving your job may be the right decision for you, but you are who you are. You are what you bring to the next phase, the next job. And diving deep into finding your joy, finding your fulfillment, weeding out all the limiting beliefs, inherited beliefs, everything that holds us back is actually what propels you into the next fulfilling thing, not what's the business model? How do I make it work for my life? How do I make it support my lifestyle? Arthur Brooks talks about the difference between extrinsic and intrinsic happiness and how these extrinsic things like, for example, the salary, the business card, the red bottom shoes, the star studded client list, how these things compete with the intrinsic underpinnings of our happiness for our time, attention and resources. When it comes to acquisitive success, he says, we can never get enough. It's like looking into a hall of mirrors. That's how I describe it. It keeps going on and on and on. In redefining success and recalibrating the need for external validation, Brooks talks about the macronutrients of happiness. Such an interesting way of putting it. Satisfaction, enjoyment, and meaning. I like to think about these as three legs on a stool. So if there's too much focus on any one of those things, life gets wobbly. Happiness gets wobbly. So out of curiosity, I asked Shelly what she did with her Louboutin shoes and her wardrobe full of designer clothes. She said that she either sold most of it or donated it to the Dress for Success charity. It didn't feel like her anymore. The more she started probing into who she was with all the trappings of conventional acquisitive success, the more she realized that an external checklist had been running her life, not an internal check-in. Success for Shelley now as a speaker, teacher, and writer includes being true to her values, something she discovered later in life. So if you are on the hedonic treadmill, looking successful to the outside world, but feeling empty inside, and you're not sure what to do, I ask Shelley to offer you an idea. My work isn't about leaving your job. It's about finding yourself. And honestly, I wish I would have started a lot of this work before I left Harley. So for example, so I have this concept called radical self-commitment. This is one great place where anybody who's listening, who's feeling the way that you just described could start. So radical self-commitment says, I'm going to start by simply understanding my values. What are my values? How often do we really get clear on our top two to three values, a great free resource to, for this, and maybe you can put a link in the um, in a link in the show notes. Is Brene Brown has a free PDF of like a hundred plus values. I love that worksheet. Sit with that. Select however many on the first go that resonate with you, and then get to like fifteen and ten and five, and then the hardest work you'll ever do is to narrow that down to two or three. And it's the greatest gift you'll ever give yourself because it starts to be a lens through which 
you can make a lot of other um, decisions and determination. So here's an example. My radical self-commitment idea is bigger than self-care. It's really a way that you can live your life by honoring who you are, what you value most, what you care about most, how you think about success, all of it. And it starts with values. So what are the top two to three values that guide your life? And most people haven't done this work. So I found this, like, I was like, God, was I the last person on the planet to do this? And I've really learned through speaking and teaching and all the things that this is important work for all of us to do. So if you're in the tunnel, great place to start. From there, you can start to create some boundaries. Like what's okay and what's not okay in service of my values and my well-being. And the beauty of that is that it then starts to create this spaciousness for you to live in a way that you want to live, baby step by baby step, right? So it gives you spaciousness to say, what do I need in this moment? Or what soul fuels, the things that really light me up or light my soul on fire, do I want to create more space for in my life? And when we know our values and we create boundaries in service of those values, we start to create a bit more space to take baby steps toward maybe that shift in our lives that we want to see happen when we're not yet ready to let go of the mothership, or maybe we're never letting go of the mothership, but we're even shifting how we're showing up in our corporate jobs or what role we have in our corporate jobs or how we're leading our teams and changing culture in our corporate jobs. Even if you're still on the mothership, as Shelley calls it, you can start this exploration of who you are and what your values are. That Brene Brown sheet is linked in the show notes. So this exploration of those macronutrients that Arthur Brooks was talking about, satisfaction, enjoyment, and meaning, these can help you before you make any big decisions. In fact, these explorations of what drives you now in this season of your life, it can guide those decisions. So you're not sort of winging it if you decide to leave without knowing what comes next. So Tracy went deep into the inner work, shining the proverbial flashlight into the dark cave of her old habits and patterns and success scripts. And when she finally sold her business, knowing that this was absolutely the right decision for her, it was still scary and discombobulating. When I decided to really step into this version of me, this new identity, as this transformational healer and, and coach, I didn't even want to use my, my full name. I wanted to use like a pen name, like someone would write a book under a anonymous name or, or pen name because I was so worried about what other people would think, how people would judge me, how people would say, well, who is she to do this? Who does she think she is? And it was this immense fear of judgment that was really one of the biggest hurdles that I had to overcome. And that was really done by digging around, like I said, using the flashlight 
And I realized, you know, we're talking about work and career because obviously overachievers are, that's important to them. But these patterns are not just for work. These patterns show up in your relationships, your connections with other people, what opportunities you go after or not. These are literally define where we can go. And so it's almost like looking for this next thing. We're like going about it backwards instead of just defining and looking for what it looks like or creating the next career path for you. It really does emerge within yourself once you've stripped away and shed those layers. One of Tracy's key invitations is creating stillness in your life so you can start listening to yourself. Once you listen to yourself, you can start trusting yourself, and it's a process. The more you start to connect with your inner world, the more you'll figure out what you need, what your desires are, what's no longer okay for you. And then, little by little, you start needing less approval and less external validation once you know what your North Star is, who you are in the world. But cut yourself some slack because that too is a journey. A lot of us think of meditation as, well, we've got to do it this way. So instead of actually meditation, I think of it as stillness, right? Because when we're, when we're, when meditation has been talked about, it's like, well, clear your mind. Don't think about anything, right? Sit there with your legs crossed or what all the other chant, breathe differently, right? And this is not about that. This is about getting connected to your body, getting connected to yourself. And that just can be found in stillness, not on the phone, not multitasking, not not having to jump into a meeting and go pick up the kids. Just be still. And if you have a hard time being still, that's a surefire sign that you're disconnected from your body. And our body is full of wisdom. And it's one of the best tools to know if you're on the right path, if you feel aligned to this, or if it feels stretchy, does this feel scary? Or is this really not for me? And using your body and getting connected to those feelings and how you feel is the gateway to all of that. Let's recap the three points so far. So number one, delve into your values and narrow them down to three or four. So after much deliberation, mine turned out to be excellence, creativity, and connection. So once you've figured out a couple for you, then explore what does it mean to actually put this into practice so that they're not just random words. How do they show up in your actual life? And then you'll start to see, aha, this is a place where I need to put a boundary in. So let me give you a real example. So if one of my core values is excellence and another one is creativity, I was creating this podcast every week because I was told I should do that to optimize listener numbers. And frankly, 
As much as I love doing the show, it was killing me. I was becoming a content machine and I was losing the excellence. I was losing the creative edge because I was caught in the sausage factory of creating this episode every damn week. So I thought, you know what? I'm putting a boundary in place. I'm not doing what I air quotes should do, according to the experts. I'm doing what feels good for me so that I can create for you in a way that's sustainable and honoring my values. So that's what I mean about really getting clear on what matters to you and starting to put boundaries in place. So point number two, create stillness in your life so that you can tap into the ample wisdom that lives in your body. Get to know who you are instead of who you think you should be, which has piloted so many of us for decades. What do you want? What do you need now? Maybe it's totally different than when you wrote your success script in your 20s when you started working. And it's not about how well you're adhering to a conventional success script. Maybe that doesn't matter to you anymore. Maybe it once did, but you've outgrown that. So I'm inserting a really important yellow neon footnote here. I understand that all of this is a privilege that's not available to many. That feels important to say. So create stillness. Get to know who you are and what you want. Point number three, get clear on where your validation is coming from. You can think about it like a seesaw, external, internal. I'm grossly simplifying, but you get the picture. And by the way, there's no shame in needing some external validation. Shelley captures this insight really beautifully. When you are more over-indexed on the external checklist than you are on the internal check-in, I feel like that's the trap door that drops you into overachiever, burnout, all the bad shit. When you're even trying to balance those two things, it's not that we don't want any external validation. We're human. But it's when external validation is way up here and internal check-ins way down here, bad shit happens. When they're more balanced, it's a little more healthier. And when they start to go like this, it feels like you're truly living from your truth. Once you're more connected with yourself, and this will take a little longer than this episode, obviously, you can start to explore how you're measuring success. What does it mean for you to be successful as opposed to success empty, to use Shelley's phrase? Is success all about work? And yes, there's probably personal stuff there in your definition as well, but if it's not actually a big part of your life and it's more in the someday bucket when you arrive at the house of mirrors, conventional success, it's worth slowing down and thinking about. I asked Tracy to close this episode with a brick of wisdom. What happened when she started asking herself questions about her own success metrics? So when I started asking myself these questions, I would answer, I'm a CEO. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I've worked with Fortune 500 companies. <laughs> I've worked on the Olympics. I've, right? I would answer with all, based on my resume. It was like, it was my resume, it was my CV. And now when I answer, when I ask those questions to myself is completely different. Success now for me is where can I amplify my joy? 
where can I be of service to other people? Where can I connect on a deeper level and help or shine a light on someone just by being there and supporting them? And so it's completely changed. My CV has been updated <laughs> too, but it is, it's, it's, it's knowing that you're so much more than your job or the house or the fancy party you got invited to. And those things, I think those things don't have to go away. And I think that's where a lot of us get stuck is that we think, well, if we choose another path or we choose something more fulfilling or meaningful to us, it means we have to lose or give up some of these things that we really like and enjoy. And I, what I would challenge people to think is live in the gray. If you are operating in the gray or the and state, or really, which is the flow state, what would you want to keep and what would you want to bring in? Because it's not an, a this or that. It's creating and designing the and. It can be such a challenge to get off the autopilot of, uh, I'm middle age. I'm just going to ride it out. Most people aren't really happy anyway, right? No point rocking the boat now. Suck it up. It's just 10 more years. Mm. I hope this episode has shown you that you can start doing this inner exploration even without ever quitting your job or having a brick wall moment. Sure, you may end up leaving, but you might also stay and deepen and enrich your current experience in your existing job. That inner journey can be messy. I can't promise you how long it's going to take, but it is so worth it, like Shelley says. You've only got this one life. And the top regret of the dying is I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Please don't be that person. Who do you know who'd get some juice from this conversation? Thank you so much in advance for sharing. It really, really helps the show to grow. And if you want to know more about Shelly and Tracy or any of the resources mentioned, they are all in the show notes over on my website. Before you leave Spotify or Apple Podcasts today, could you please click the follow button to ensure that you never miss an episode? Because we're going to do this all again in two weeks. Thanks for listening. <laughs>